accident. We are in a series, and it's called The Lord's Prayer. Only it's not the Lord's Prayer that you grew up reciting. It's the Lord's, it's the Lord's actual prayer. I mean, Jesus actually prays for us. And we've just been taking some time to, to listen in on his prayer. Now, what's super powerful and beautiful and surprising and wonderful is that these are some of his last words. After this, he'll be taken away, beaten and mocked, spit upon and crucified. And so if you were going to throw up a last prayer and you had the time to think it through, what would it be for? Maybe it would be so that you wouldn't suffer so much. Maybe it would be so that you could get out of this mess. No, what Jesus does, though, is he rather prays for his disciples. He prays for his people. And so this week, we're going to look at a text. It's found in John chapter 17, verses 13 through 21. But it's a tough text to talk about. And the reason it's tough is not because it's complex. I think the text is pretty plain. The reason it's tough is because most of us have an adverse reaction to what Jesus would call us to do. Most of us have a negative reaction to what Jesus would lead us to do. It's like I have five kids. And when you have kids, right, you have to have the talk, right? You know the talk, right? It's the talk. It's the most uncomfortable talk in your life, right? And so you have to talk to them and you have to be honest with them and talk to them, you know, age-appropriately honest with them. And so, you know, you share with them all the things about the talk and it's difficult. But I remember, uh, especially I remember my son when he was very, very young. We, it's, the talk is no longer the talk. Did you know that? It's now the discussion. It's something that you have to kind of come back to and come back to because the world is the way it is. So when my son was like eight or nine years old, I decided, okay, now's the time to start talking to him about sex. So we started talking about kissing. And so I was telling him about kissing, and he was like, okay, that's disgusting. He was totally against the concept of kissing. And I totally understood, because my explanation wasn't that, wasn't that good. And so, and so, but I remember, I remember looking at him, and I said, one day, this is going to be appealing to you. And when it is, I want you to realize that, you know, you know and, and it's all the, 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 the virtues that we want to share with, right? That you, wanna, you don't want to just go around. You want to save yourself for marriage. And so I was telling him all this, but he couldn't get it because it simply was beyond his ability. He hadn't experienced it. He hadn't enjoyed it. He hadn't walked in the fruit and the joy and the excitement of kissing. Today we're going to talk about mission. We're going to talk about why God put us on this earth. And it is here where we find our joy, mission. It is here where we find our delight, mission. It is here where we find our purpose and our calling in life. But some of you are going to say, I don't like that. That sounds yucky. I don't know that I want to do that. That's gross. 
And to you, I would simply say what I said to my son. You don't know it yet because you haven't experienced the joy and the excitement and the wonder and the beauty of mission. And so we're going to look at Jesus' words in John chapter 17. Again, this is his prayer, his long, beautiful prayer for his people. And we're going to see what he would have to say to us about mission. Now, before we get into the text, I want to tell you this, that this is a super important message for you guys to understand. Because many of you, many of you, have gone throughout life thinking that the next thing will bring you happiness. That the next thing will bring you joy. That the next thing will bring you delight and wonder and comfort and beauty. You have gone through life, and in fact, you've not only gone through life, you have the scars to prove that this does not cause, cause delight, this does not cause joy, this, that we have invested ourselves in the very things that we thought would bring us hope and joy, significance and beauty. And what we have found is heartache and brokenness and difficulty. So you want to listen because you don't want to do that for too much longer. If you're old, you have the scars to prove it and you want to change for the future. But listen, if you're young, you really want to listen. You really want to listen because you don't want to develop the scars that we've developed. And there are things in life, and I'll talk about them later on. There are things in life that we commit to, that we give ourselves to, that become the purpose of our existence. And all they do is rob and steal and take and destroy. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. Those things promise the world, but don't deliver on a block. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'll go to the cross for you and not only tell you about this purpose, but live it out to the degree where my blood washes your sin. Where my blood, my sacrifice becomes your sanctification. Where my giving of myself makes, my making myself a captive makes you free. And my prayer, my prayer is that you would rejoice, that you would experience this, that you would stop looking after other things that will give you delight and start finding that in Jesus' mission. My prayer is that you would do that and not waste another minute because time, the clock is ticking. John 17 13 through 21, we have a tradition in our church that we would stand for the reading of God's word. Would you stand with me? On the count of three, I want us all to read this together. John 17, verses 13 through 21. You'll notice some of the verses that we went over last week, but uh, it's important to this thought, so we'll, we'll go through them again. Let's read it together on a count of three. One, two, three. I am coming to you now. But I say these things while I still in world, so that full measure of my joy within them. I have given them the word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, 
even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I testify myself, that they too may be sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is God's word. Please have a seat. So let's take a look at this. I want, we're going to focus primarily on um, verses 13, 18, and uh, uh, 20 through 21. So let's look at this. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world. Here it is. So that. Okay, Jesus, why are you praying this prayer? Why are you taking the time to, because listen, Jesus could have easily prayed this prayer in his heart. Jesus could have prayed this prayer in a solitary way where no one else is around. But evidently, he prayed this prayer so much that they wrote it down. Why? Well, here it is. So that, for the purpose of, they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have a question for you. Aren't you tired of pursuing after the thing that you think will bring you joy, and then it doesn't bring you joy? Aren't you tired of that? Aren't you tired of your hope always being in the future? I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of a, you know what? And, you know, we just came through a, a new year. But believe me, in December, yo, 2018, it's going to be my year. We all start talking like that because... What we do is we place our hope in the future rather than placing our hope in Christ in the very moment that we're in. And so Jesus is saying, aren't you tired of your hope? Aren't you tired of the way you've been living? Aren't you tired of pursuing something that will give you pleasure only to find that it only takes from you joy? So that they may have the full measure, not of your joy, not of your satisfaction. Your joy, your satisfaction, the things that you think will make you happy only leave you broken and lonely. Haven't you discovered this by now? Jesus says, I want them to have the full measure of my joy. What kind of joy is that? That's the kind of joy that while the blood is dripping from your forehead and stinging your eyes, you can yet pray for the people that are before you. It's not a joy that eliminates tears. It's the joy that has rest in Christ through tears. It's the kind of joy that when you have the people that you love the most come up to you and give you a sweet kiss for a bitter act, you can yet love them. Because it's a joy that comes not from what's happening without, but from what God has done within it's a joy that finds its rest in Christ and not in the future. I want them to have my joy. Not your joy. He says, my joy. I have given them 
your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of this world any more than I am of this world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Now here he asks for joy, but then he also adds for protection. Protect them. Protect them as they... Listen, if, if you don't believe that trusting in Christ will um, make you, not because you want to, but because the world will see you this way, an enemy. Just try to speak about what the Bible says on any subject. Just name it. Manhood and womanhood. Try to speak on what the Bible says about manhood and womanhood. Go ahead. Try to speak about what the Bible says about finances. You'll find yourself hated. And God says, no, 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 no. I don't want you to divorce the world. I don't want you to be, uh, have a protection from the world. And we do this in several different ways. One of the main ways that we do this is we create Christian ghettos. You know what a ghetto is, right? A ghetto is when a group of people come together who are perhaps the same ethnic background or the same religious background or the same economic background. When you have a ghetto, you have people who are the same. And so what Christians do is they create Christian ghettos where everything in life, their best friends, the people they hang out with, the people that they talk to, the people that they work with, the people are all insulated Christians, and so they all agree, and they all believe the same thing, and they all act the same way, and they all speak the same way, and so when you ask, how are you, the course, the appropriate response is what? Anybody know? Blessed, blessed, highly favored, prosperous. You know, whatever it is, whatever your Christianese Whatever your Christianese response is, right? So you dress in your Christian clothes and you, you, know, you talk in your Christian way and you eat your Christian cookies and you stay in this ghetto and Jesus goes, no! I don't want that for you. I mean, let's go back to last week, right? We talked about, you know, in order to live in holiness, you're going to need a singular focus. You're going to need an undivided heart. You're going to need a new community. Right? If we're going to walk in holiness, we're going to need these things. So we need that new community. We need to, listen, I need to, I need to go to a place where go, I've been struggling with pornography like crazy. And I need for somebody to say, me too. I just, I don't, you don't need that. I know you're perfect. You, you don't struggle with things like that. It's just me. I get it. But listen to me. I need a place that says, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to go forward in my marriage. I need a place where people go me too. I need a place where I go, this pain in my body is overwhelming me. And even though I have the hope that's found in Christ, I find myself being discouraged here on earth. You say, listen, beloved, beloved, I need that community. You and I do. But if that's it, then we've missed out on the joy that Jesus is speaking of. If we avoid the world, if we get into our Christian ghettos, Jesus says, don't take them out of the world. So listen to me, warriors, soldiers, men. You should, listen to me, if you can play baseball, you should be on the most horrifically sinful team that you can find because you are salt and light meant to be salt and light. If you can play baseball, I can't play baseball. 
so I'm not on that team. If you are into community, then you should be involved with the community board that wants nothing to do with the scriptures, but you are salt and light in that community. Listen to me, wave women catchers. <laughs> the only time that you should cook is not only for your women's group. You should be, you should be, there should be some Holy Ghost parties in your house where food is being, and you're inviting other women that you know love Jesus to meet other women that you know that don't love Jesus so that they can interact and enjoy your wonderful cooking. Because Jesus never meant to take you out of the world. Listen here, you recovery folks. Jesus never Jesus never meant for you, oh my goodness. Jesus never meant to keep the hope that you have found in Christ as a secret. What a shame. You and I go to meetings all the time. We'll hear people talk about suicide and pain. And I'm not talking about disrespecting our community. We need to respect where we're at, right? I wear a suit when, I, when I'm in board meetings, and I wear sweats when I'm at a baseball game. Why? Because I'm, I'm an intelligent person. I respect where I'm at. But man, that should not stop me from going, brother, I heard what you shared, and your heart sounds like it's breaking. Can I buy you a donut and some coffee so that we could talk about your pain? Because Jesus never, but you, it's risky. It's scary. I don't know if I could do that. Listen, beloved, you never were promised protection from being insulated. You were only promised protection when you go forward. And so in every meeting that we make, whether it be a 12-step meeting or a Christian meeting, that no matter where we go, we would be a people who walk confidently forward because our God has promised to protect us. You go, I don't know what to say. Didn't you hear? He would promise to protect you. Yeah, but what if I say something wrong? Didn't you hear? He promised to protect you. Yeah, but what if I don't know how to communicate it? You're, not just, you're simply not getting the message, are you? He promised to protect you. He goes on. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are, verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. I love that. It goes back to the holiness that we talked about last week, right? Like, it's, it's crazy. And, and I, I did this illustration last week, but I'll do it again, right? It's crazy. If you have a cough, and like you're like, you have this hacking cough, and I come up to you and I go, <coughs> you know, your cough is terrible. <coughs> Here's my doctor's number, he's wonderful. <coughs> How ridiculous is that? Is that preposterous? Is that out outrageous? Who goes to that guy's doctor? No one. Why? Because there has to be something different about you. So we go back to, if you didn't come for last week's, you need to hear last week's message. The distinctive, what gives us power is that we're different from others. Some of, us, some, some of us think that the way we're most attractive, 
the way we're most attractive to others is by being closer to them. And so the boys are around, and, and we say things like, you know, so the, the, the pretty girl passes by and the boys are around, and we're like, yeah, well, I don't want them to think I'm like some holy roller. Why not? Why not? You're not that much of a punk. Maybe you are. And so when that happens, and, and that, listen, I, I, I clearly remember, I clearly remember being um, on the job, right? And I'm telling you, man, I'm, t- I'm not, listen, if you know me, anybody here know how broken I am, right? I'm super broken. I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest failure in the room for sure. But listen to me. There's a difference. It's something that, that Jesus does. I don't take credit for it, but he does it. So when the guys who were in my locker room, when I used to work at the Atlantic, I remember where I, when I worked at the Atlantic, uh, the guys were in my locker room, and they would take out the porn. I remember they would leave pornographic books on the, on the desk. And I wasn't like super disrespectful, but whenever I walked in and I saw the pornographic book, I was like, oh, there's, there's a trash compactor over there. And I would put it in the compactor. And then everybody would go, hey, man, what happened to the, yo, I left my magazine out here. I said, oh, yeah, I put that in the trash compactor. See if you could get it out. And they would go, yo, what you trying to do? What you trying? I said, I'm not trying to do nothing. If I'm letting you know that I find that unacceptable. And you want to keep your book? Keep it in your, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Do what you got to do. I'm not shaking your hand. Well, so. Yeah, I was going to say something super risque. I decided against it. Super risque. But I pulled back. Did you feel that? That was awesome. That was, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Hi, senor. Help me, Jesus. Did I tell you that I was broken? So, so here's my point. My point is, and that will surely be edited for the... Uh, so my point is, my point is I can't control you. I can't, I can't. But neither am I going to deny all that Jesus has done for me. You go, but you don't understand, man. If I do that, I'll, I won't get the promotion. I, I remember I was talking to a friend of mine. It was a good conversation. And he said, he goes, um, Ed, I'm on the job, but I can't, I can't share Christ on the job. And I said, but wait, 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 listen to me. You work in a place where people are desperate for God. Like, I mean, his particular vocation was people, like, this was like the very last house on the block. These were people who were going to fall off a ledge. Their families were going to fall apart. This is like the addiction. It was like, a, it was like a really, really intense job. And he goes, you know, Edwin, if, if I do that, then I might get fired. And I remember looking at him in the eye saying, and? So what? Go get fired for Jesus' sake. He went to the cross. And you go, I know, listen, I'm, I'm feeling the pushback. Here we go. So we go, no, but you don't understand. That's not, I can't do that. I, I would lose the client. I would lose the promotion. I would lose, listen to me. The reasons that you and I don't go forward is because we have other gods that we worship. 
we have things that are more important than Jesus. So when I talk to you about, and let me just speak for a second, and I'm going to get to your gods in a second, like my gods too, so don't worry. But um, I want to talk to you for a second. Those of you who are here and who you're new and you just came in, let me just speak about something real briefly. Because you're arguing with me. You say, this is the reason I don't like Christianity. Y'all are always trying to convert other people. Why can't you just believe the way you believe? Why do you have to always try to convert us? We don't need you to convert. Here's my argument. Here's my argument. Everybody is in the conversion business. Everybody. In fact, my take on spirituality is that Christians should share their faith in Christ. That's my take on spirituality. Your take on spirituality is that Christians should keep their faith to themselves. Well, why is your take on Christianity more valid than mine? You see, you have a spirit, you're trying to convert me to not share. And here's what I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm sticking with Jesus. And here's what else I know. Go ahead and go into society and talk about any controversial subject. Pick one. Talk about any controversial subject and see if you won't get 50 people to try to convert you. Bring up a biblical, go ahead and bring up a biblical argument about anything. Sexuality, money, uh, the way do, to do marriage, the, anything. And see if you don't get a bunch of people trying to convert you. You know why? Because everybody's an evangelist. Everybody is. The question isn't if you are an evangelist. The question is what are you evangelizing for? That's the only question. And so to you who say Christians shouldn't, you know, and, and, and let me speak to the other, the other part of you guys who go, you know what? This is simply not the way I was raised. And, and, and you go, you know what? I'm just going to show them my good deeds, but I'm not going to say anything. To you, I would just say, even Jesus didn't do that. Do you, do you understand how Jesus had to proclaim the gospel and he was far better than you? So how absurd it is for us to say, oh, we're just going to do and never proclaim? Listen, I'm in, um, oh God, where am I? I'm in Funtopia, right? But Jesus is, like, he's my all in all. He's my delight. He's not, he's not a part of my life. He is my life. So I'm in Funtopia, and there's a lovely lady there, and her son is playing with my son. I'm really grateful for that because it you know, gives me a pass. And so he goes and he plays in the Funtopia thing with her son, and you know, we just pick up the conversation. And inside my heart, I'll, I tell God, I'll go wherever this conversation goes. Wherever this conversation goes, I'll go. God, you lead this conversation. Because listen, I want to love her well. And if I can, so she, it's her first kid. I was like, wow, I got five kids. We have some conversation about that. Then the conversation moves from uh, uh, how many kids you have to how, um, what do you do for a living. She's a banker. I go, oh, yeah, me, I'm a pastor. She goes, no kidding. I was like, yeah. But even before we got there about the thing about the pastor, I was telling her about the comforts that our community in church bring us. That my wife, while she's a stay-at-home mom, has uh, this opportunity to get around adults and for our children to get around other children because it's in our culture to go to church. Now, did that win her to Christ? No. Is she here now? No. 
Is that my attempt at sharing the gospel? Yeah. It's my attempt to take her one step further. I don't have to close every deal, but I do have to be a part. Just wherever I'm at. No matter where you're at. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what that looks like. It could be, um, it could be something as simple as you close the deal and you go, man, this is, this is we should celebrate. And goes, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to church and celebrate on Sunday. Want to come with me? Nah, I'd rather not. Oh, okay. Here's what I've discovered. Those same guys, those same guys, in fact, I had one physically threaten me. That when I was in the job, he physically threatened me. And I remember two years after I left that job, he called me. I didn't even know the number. He called me and said, Ed, I'm, I'm going through a divorce. I need prayer. I was like, man, you don't need my prayer. You need Jesus. And if your wife and you guys, there can be something, that reconciliation can happen. But brother, can we run to Christ? And it gave me an opportunity to share a more. But, but what am I saying? Because we're not in a Christian ghetto. And Jesus has promised us protection. We can be bold and we can risk. But the reason that we don't, going back to my um, original point before I got onto the side note about those who object, listen, our gods prevent us. We love too much. We love too much our gods. Well, what are our gods? We, we have several gods, four main gods that we bow our knee to. One is called comfort. Now, the God of comfort, the God of comfort is simply this. It's an over-desire for pleasure. And so our God is comfort. It's an over-desire for pleasure. And we bow down to this God because we go, no, 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 no. I will gain more pleasure than if I take a risk. I will gain more pleasure from Christ if I take a risk. If I don't take a risk, then if I take a risk. So maybe that's your God. Maybe that's the reason you're going, nah, I don't want to have anything to do with this. No, I'm not going to go in this direction. Maybe it's because Jesus is not your God. Maybe it's because you're God comfort. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's your God approval. Maybe your God is approval. Approval is simply an over-longing or an over-desire to be accepted or desired. And so you go, no, 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 I'm not going to share the gospel with you guys because, uh, Jesus, I'm not going to share the gospel with them because I want their approval more than I want yours. That's the truth about me. Maybe that's the reason. Maybe, maybe, Maybe it's power. Perhaps it's power. Power is the longing to be recognized or have influence. It's an overlonging for influence and recognition. Maybe that's the reason I don't share the gospel. I don't know. But here's what I do know. That if you live your life just to gain influence and recognition that you are a cool person or that you are a, 
uh, you're not that pushy, or you're, whatever thing you put in your head, I'm telling you, you lose every time. We've gone over power. We've gone over uh, comfort. We've gone over approval. Let's look at control. This is the one that my friend had the problem with. He goes, maybe I'll get fired. Maybe I'll be out of control. Maybe things will happen that will happen beyond my control. And it's a longing to have everything go according to my plan. Brothers, sisters, we have a God who's in control. We have a God who's in complete control. And if I lose a job or lose a client or lose my position or lose that uh, um, that promotion, then we have a God who, while we sense that we are out of control, that God is fully in control. I don't know what your gods are, but I do know that they will inhibit you from sharing the gospel with others. So let's jump down to verse 20, uh, verse 18, I'm sorry. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And you know what? Let's just pause right there. If you're religious and you're listening to this conversation, you're like, yeah, I'm going to share and I'm going to tell others because then Jesus will really like me if I do that. I'll be like one of the Navy SEALs of Christianity. I'll be like one of the Green Berets. So I'm going to hand out tracks. I'm going to do that. that. That's what I'm going to be. If you're religious and you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, dude, listen to me. I want you to know that you are no more loved by God when you don't share than when you do. His love for you is perfect and pure and beautiful. And for you to try to get your approval from God by sharing the gospel, you are missing out on the gospel. And then there's others of you who's like, yeah, Jesus just loves me. Jesus just loves me, and I don't have to do this because he just loves me. And to you, I would say you are missing out on your purpose. You are missing out on all the joy that you could have. I mean, there's nothing like seeing someone come to faith because you introduced them to Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm describing a kiss here. I'm describing a kiss. If you don't know, you don't know. It's incredible. The greatest joys of my life have come from leading people to Christ. No close second. And so I want you to be a part of that joy. So let's look at this verse 18. How do we get the power to do that? Because we're afraid and we have all these questions and we don't understand. And here's what we do. Here's, listen. Here's what you do. Jesus came from heaven to earth so that you might be able to know the gospel. And when you meditate on that, that he came from his riches in heaven to his poverty on earth to suffer and die so that I might know the gospel, then Jesus, since you live in me, would you help me take a few steps to walk across the room to share the gospel with someone else? Would you help me to... Jesus, since you came, see, we don't do this on our power. We do this because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords went on the greatest missionary journey that you could possibly go. 
He went from heaven to earth so that those who were dead in their trespasses could find life in Christ. Beloved, there are people in your life right now who are broken and hurting and wounded and in great pain. And they need the light of the hope that is found in Jesus and only you have to give it to them. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being on a deserted island surrounded by nothing but salt water? It's you and your friend. And you go and you find, you find, this wonderful, clean water spring. And it's you and your friend. And you, you drink it, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the most refreshing water I've ever had in my life. And then you go back to camp, and you're with your friend, and he's trying to start a fire so he could boil some water so that the vapors could come up so that he could get a little drip so that he could have a little drink of water because in three days, he's going to die if he doesn't get fresh water. And you sit down with him. And he goes, how was your day? It was, it was fine. Well, did you find any water? You know, I was raised not to talk about things like that. I was brought up not to bring things like that up. Can we, can we talk about something else? Well, okay, well, I'm trying to learn how to start this fire. Do you know how to start a fire? Nope. Is there any way we could find anything? Well, I'm not saying. And then, and then, wait, wait, wait. Day two. And he goes his way, and you go your way, and you drink, and you're satisfied. And now you see his chapped lips. You see his skin drying up. And he looks at you like the picture of health. And you go, hey, here, let me help you start that fire. Because that's the real solution here. Let me help you. And he goes, you have been so kind to me. You have been, here you are helping me start my fire. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, look, you look radiant. Thank you. Let's help you start your fire. And you do that. And then day three, you go. And you come back and he's no longer trying. He's just laying down. He's going to die. Nope. Nope. Just going to share my good works. How can I make you more comfortable, Fred? Can I get you a pillow? Uh, you know what? Here, Fred, wear my jacket. Here, you look cold. You're so kind. You're so kind. Yep, that's me, Fred. Kind Ed. And I won't tell anybody. You know what I just described to you? Your day at work. You know what else I described to you? Your day at school. I described to you your, your parties at your friend's house and your meeting making. You know what else I described to you? You're going around. There's a world. There's a world. Just wants the living water and you have a well that you go to, and you come back, and you go, nope, I'm not going to say a thing. 
not going to say a thing. Beloved, Jesus didn't do that. You know what Jesus did? Jesus says, I am a well of living water that if anyone drink from me, he shall never thirst again. And he comes and he gives you that living water. And then he says, now just like I've been sent, I'm sending you. You go share that living water with others. And you go, and you go, and you go like this, Jesus, I don't have the answers. And people ask you questions that you don't know the answers to. I, I used to do this all the time. I don't do it as much anymore. But I used to do it all the time. I would be like with waitresses, and I, I don't know, I would just go, I would go hey, do, you know, I would give them my order and all that other stuff. And I will go, hey, do me a favor. Would you ask me, a, when you come back, can you do me a favor? Yeah, 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 sure. Um, would you ask me a really hard question about God? I would just do that. And I didn't care what they came back with. Because I got water, and they're dying of thirst. And so when they came back and asked me about, like, the Apocrypha, I was like, oh, gosh, I don't know about that. But what's your relationship like with Jesus? It's like, ah, I don't talk about Jesus. I don't feel comfortable about that. Oh, yeah, well, he loves you a lot. He loves me, and he saved me, and so I just thought I'd share that with you. But, yeah, I'll have some more pepper. No matter where you are, you can share the gospel because we have a world that is dying and we have a God who loved them so much, right? Who gave his, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whomsoever should believe in him shall not perish. So, you go, you know why you can go? Because joy is found there. You know why you can find joy? Because Jesus is with you. You know when they ask you questions that you don't know the answer to, or you get afraid or all that other thing? You can know that Jesus is in control, that Jesus is the one with power, that it's Jesus' approval that we live for, and Jesus who is our comfort and our peace in every moment, even when others are attacking. Beloved, it's all for you. So this week, what I want you to do is walk in the purpose of Christ and I'm not telling you that everybody you talk to has to, you have to share four points of this, you know, four laws and all that stuff. That's fine. But what I'm saying is that Christ should be on your lips. And others should know because they're dying.